0: different does it equate to deficient because sometimes we tend to think because somebody is different from us that they can't do something or they don't understand something.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast covering everything inside the fence of Tinker Air Force Base. I'm April McDonald, your host for this episode. Today we're going to discuss the importance of a person's outlook, our opinions, beliefs, and feelings about different aspects of our lives, Outlook is the topic of AFMC Connect for October. I'm joined today by Jay Grinston from the Diversity and Inclusion Office and Wakita Oliver, a Master Resiliency Facilitator from the 72nd Su- uh, Force Support Squadron. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. So before we get started, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Tinker, and we'll start with you, Jay. Uh,
0: so my name is Jay Grinston, actually Jacqueline, but I don't like that name, so I go by Jay. Um, I am currently the resource advocacy d manager for Tinker Air Force Base. I am a disabled veteran, uh, former aircraft electrician, so shout out to my E&E folks out there. Um, I am married to the world's greatest husband's father and airman, uh, Rafaelio Grinston, and together we have three beautiful daughters, Yasmin, Adriana, and Jaya.
1: That's great, thank you. All right, Wakita, you're a frequent uh, guest. We can call you that. This is your second time with us, but tell us about yourself again.
2: Well, after that instruct an introdu- introduction, I'm like, I'm Wakita, <laughs> and let's start. <laughs> no but um wakita oliver part of us uh, uh, 72nd fss um, fsdeb so i'm in curriculum development and delivery so i handle um, i'm a program manager so i handle uh, different professional development programs uh, yes i do do master resiliency and um, mental health first aid and i'm the program manager for eep employee enhancement program and um, oversee um, leadership our PACE events, and um, currently, right now, we're in the middle of supervisor development course mandatory, so. So you stay busy? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I knit for a, for a hobby. No, not really. <laughs> <let's> <laughs> say you do not knit. <laughs> not with the needles. <laughs> no.
1: You could use your nails as yeah, knitting can, yeah, needles. They could be needles alone. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right in. Um, Can you explain what multi-generational diversity means?
0: Yes, so multi-generational diversity uh, basically is a labor pool that spans across multiple generations, (laughs) kind of how it sounds. Um, So we're talking from traditionalist to generation Z. And so right now in 2021, the age range for traditionalists are like between 76 to 93. Right. Okay. And my daughter was like man that's really seasoned mom because you know she knows how <laughs> I feel about the word oh, the word oh so and then <laughs> uh, generation Z is age 6 to 24 and so when you think about that you think that Tinker is multi-generational diversity right, right? um I know as far as the what I could see from from my office we, we can see DoD civilians for were for AFMC and so AFMC, traditionalists, um, I found that the, the number was, to me, higher than I would have thought for, for the installation. Um, 20, 2,300 traditionalists oh, wow. c- are currently employed here. And then for um, Gen Z, it's about 1,350. Um, and, and I wish we could access the military numbers because I really would love to see what those look like. And um, because of this podcast, I have requested more info. So thank you for bringing that to my attention.
1: (laughs) So I know um, I am a seasoned, uh, (laughs) yes, seasoned person, Mm -hmm. and I have a 14-year-old daughter. And so we don't see eye to eye on many things mm-hmm. it feels like. So um, I have really tried hard to try to understand her perspective. She doesn't really try very hard, I feel, <laughs> to understand my perspective. But why is it important to understand each other's perspectives?
0: Um, I feel like like there's power in that, in understanding. Um, so different generations we have different ways of seeing the world or seeing things in general right Um, but sharing those help us relate better so and also when we when we're trying to do that we have to be mindful of our emotional intelligence right and listening actually Mm -hmm. listening not listening like oh just wait till she finish saying what she gonna say i'm gonna have a comeback for that so sharing those those beliefs or perspectives right help us relate better uh to one another and then from that you gain like this transfer of information and then you you kind of learn to understand oh that's why they view it this way and i view it that way um and but when you're talking about the labor force right when you relate that to that you're talking better relationships right? right and we're talking more of a family culture and retention and mentorship Right And leadership, so to me, that's why there's power in 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 doing that.
1: Right. Is there
2: anything you would like to add to that? <laughs> so um, it's it's interesting that you say um, that you have a 14 year old and you know trying to make that. So um, I have a traditionalist who is a father, and so um, thinking about that, it's sometimes it's hard for him to understand even with me being only by year a millennial um, because I feel like more like a baby boomer some days, (laughs) but um, it's hard for him to understand some of the things that I bring up or the topics like even watching the news, our perspective on um, how life is now, how um, accepting, how open we are to different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's having those difficult conversations sometimes where you have to say, okay, I can respect where you came from how things were when you were my age Mm -hmm. things have progressed and here is where we are now um because like um jay said here out here at tinker we've got what six different generations working out here at one period of time so you have your traditionalists that have maybe been here for quite some have been here for quite some time. And um, they're trying to share their insight. And let's say you get somebody new in, and then you've got somebody who may be a millennial or a Gen Z, and they have a totally different idea of how things are supposed to work, maybe a little bit more advanced computer-wise, a um, little bit more team-oriented, where the focus may have been, this is your job. You come in, you do it, you clock in, you clock out, you go home. And so we can see that friction at tinker sometimes where it's like how do you get the point across of how to make it work using both perspectives and it is hard but the only way it starts is conversation if we're not having a conversation then it'll never will work right so i mean a person's outlook can affect morale like you were
1: saying in either a positive or a negative way so if we have someone in our office who's constantly negative, how can we encourage them to be more positive without being pushy?
0: <laughs> right. That is the, right? That's the, the magic answer. Uh, so I think we have to be mindful that our delivery plays a huge part in how a message is received. And uh, I, I know my, my grandmother, Garbusser, so always says, if you say it in love, right, it will always be received. So sometimes we have to be mindful of how we say things. Um, but also, if you, when we have meaningful relationships with people, it's not perceived as pushy. It's perceived as you care, right? right? And so it's one thing to walk up to Wakita and I don't know her and be like, well, why are you so negative, Right versus I have a relationship with her and I know her, and I come up to her and say, well, you know, I've noticed that you've kind of been off. Like, is everything okay? What's going on at home? But if you don't have a relationship with someone, you don't feel comfortable doing that.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that we have to get into the mindset of building relationships, right? That's what we were all placed there for anyway. Yeah.
1: So that is That
2: is very important. Relationships are very important. I think that intent, just like you were saying, intent, Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the right intent or if if your intent is known, just mm-hmm. like Jay said, if she approaches me and she's like, you know, why are you so negative? Her intent, to me, would come across as being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm already not in a good mood <laughs> and then you come at me aggressive, I can go ahead and tell you nine times out of ten what's going to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now we both are right. aggressive. But if your intent is, you know, I've kind of noticed that you've been a little different. You know, you haven't been your normal self. That intent even though she's not walking up and saying, because that would be weird. My intent is for you to understand that I care. You mm-hmm. don't have to say that I can tell, okay, this is coming out of a place of concern, not out right. of a place of criticism. And I think that sometimes we have a tendency when we, when our intent is not clear that we come out of a place of criticism and not out of a, pl- a place of concern because the other person is not, hasn't received that information correctly. So. Right. We just need to be clear on our intent when we're speaking with other people.
1: Yes. I heard um, over the weekend someone said being offended is inevitable, but staying offended is a choice. So Mm -hmm. if somebody says something to you that you don't like, you can choose to just say, you know what, it's just part of life, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to move on. But you can choose to also keep it inside and not, you know, Mm -hmm not say anything. So I thought that was really powerful. I thought
0: I yes, like that.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Our office recently took a true colors class together. So we learned, you know, who's the blue and who's the gold. I even though a lot of those things, you know, we kind of already knew and um, but how important are events like that as far as learning about others and how to best communicate with each other?
0: Uh. I'll go first. I know we both kind of teach some (laughs) of those classes, but um, so any personality test for that matter, right, is really important. But not just in terms of like how to communicate, but also how to work through problems and Mm -hmm. how to address issues in your organization. Um, Because once you know why a person does or reacts the way they react, then you know how to approach them with better intent, like Mm -hmm. uh, Wakita mentioned before. Um, so for me, they're very, very important because it also teaches you how to relate with people and why Jay is OCD and she always gonna show up with the list because Jay is gold, right? <laughs> and so. <She's> very gold. <laughs> and um, but also that if if I come to you asking for something, um, you know for me that that eases, my anxiety, and it's not just because I'm, I'm being bossy and, hey, I need you to give me this, you know. Right. So it, it kind of helps with that, and I know that Wakita needs a little TLC because she's blue. <laughs> I'm <so>. very blue. <laughs> <laughs> me too.
2: <laughs> so I, sometimes that's why the intent is very important. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because um, when you have someone who is very blue and you have someone who's really gold, You know, if if I don't know the person, I'm like, okay, this person's very anal (laughs) and I don't know how to deal with this. Can't we just kind of, you know, go a little slower? But if I know the person, I'm like, okay, this isn't that they're just a strict, harsh person and things are, you know, this is their love language per se. Right. Like this is what makes them happy. This is what helps them be more productive. And if that's really what I'm trying to do because I care, then I won't take offense of how another person has to take in things vice versa um i am kind of i'm pretty list oriented and all that other stuff but i am more on the bit of like well how does all this make you feel where someone else is like we can deal with that later it's uh-huh. not really a concern <laughs> right now and so um i think especially with true colors i know from me and um even jay has taught it in eep um it gives them the participants in that class because they're there together for a year, an opportunity to kind of get to know each other and get the behind the scenes. And it helps me as a program manager because if I send an email and I'm like, good morning, hey, hope y'all had a great weekend and blah, 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 and I get a response back, can you send me blah, blah, blah? No, hey, my weekend was great. I am fully aware of what color, what personality <laughs> I'm dealing with. like That's cute and all but this is what I need. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of skip the pleasantries and we can just get down to business. And so even within an office, you may have always wondered like, man, why is someone so short or so direct? And then when you do that, it's kind of like, that's why. That's it. This is their work love language per se (laughs) to where I know that this is how they operate. And this is what works best for them, makes them feel more comfortable. And I probably shouldn't try to bring them into my blue zone if they're gold or if they're green, because right. that's not really what they wanna do. Yes, so it just helps you understand each other better. To me, it kinda of helps with conflicts as well.
1: Yes, I I learned that uh, years ago, um, one of my former coworkers, I would always do the good morning, how are you, <laughs> in the email, and she was just, she wanted to know why I was emailing her and that mm-hmm. was it. And so I had to learn if I'm sending her an email, I just need to, I'm not being rude. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it the way she needed it, not Hit the her way the I needed it. <laughs> Hit the bluff. That's Hit it. The bluff. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: And I think it's important to note that we need all of these types mm-hmm. of people yes. to, to accomplish the mission, right? Because right. sometimes some people think, oh, it would be so much easier to so and so. But no, we need them all. We need all of us to accomplish the mission. So. Yes,
1: we do. Yes, we do. That's important to bring up. If we want to develop a positive vision or set goals for our office, where would we start?
0: I would say starting with uh, collectively, right, as an office, developing a vision and mission statement, one that relates to every person in the office. So everyone has input, right? And I know sometimes we like to use fancy words, and they sound really good, but they mean absolutely nothing if the people in that office Can't even relate to those words. Don't even know what they mean. And so you put that in simplest terms, right? And not only does it create buy-in, but it also creates accountability. So when this is the the vision and the mission and the goals we set for our office, and -and so-and-so, you're not meeting them, we created these together. We all agreed that this is what we want to do. So Mm -hmm. if you simplify it and it's collective, I think that's the best best place to start.
1: That's good advice. Good advice. So I think we've covered just about everything, but is there anything else that you would like to
2: add to this conversation? Um, just in general, as far as when we're talking about multi-generational diversity, and since we are here at Tinker, I mean, it's a, it's a good melting pot if you think about it. As Jay said, I wasn't aware of the numbers Visually, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess I could I could see it wasn't too much of a shock um, for the numbers um, as far as having traditionalists, and some may see that as okay. We have our uh, our seasoned workers are are still here, and they're you know that's that's a that's a large number, but that also is a lot lot of historical knowledge that's still here, and so I think that we need to as and installation take advantage of all that historical knowledge that we do have. Um, and it, it may not be easy to get. and we have to like, like we said earlier, you know think about that intent. Um, the uh, later generations kind of need to think of how can they approach um, our traditionalists, our baby boomers and, and, and those generations to say, hey, I would love to be able to um, learn more and, and harvest what you have um how can how can we make this work and so with all of these different uh, generations that we have out here we've got to be able to find some way to be able to take um, some of the seasoned knowledge and some of the new knowledge and make it work as much as possible um, that's really when we're successful that's really when we're in that synergy and having everything moving is when we're able to do that so As important as it is to discuss um, multi generational diversity, it's important to practice and actually embrace what we actually have out here because we we do have a lot. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh,
0: So I would like to add, because I I did have that, like to truly embrace it, some of the things that we, we should do. But I'll first start out by saying that different doesn't equate to deficient, because sometimes we tend to think because somebody is different from us that they can't do something or they don't understand something. So I want to start with that. But also uh, that to truly embrace it, right? we need to do more feedback. We need to do a little more collaborating. um, We need to accommodate different working styles and needs right mm-hmm. um, we also need to use more inclusive language uh, that's something that I think is very important and you, and it's very out there if you look at in the in the news and the media um, but also we need to do things like combating those stereotypes and biases that may say because they're generation Z, that they're too carefree, mm-hmm. or because they're traditionalists, they're, they're not. They can't catch on fast enough. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to eliminate things like that. Um, and if we do those things, then we can truly embrace the multi generational diversity we have here, and then truly have an inclusive work environment. So we can be one big happy family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as it is intended for us to be. Right. That's I know Wakita whole... like that because yes. she's blue.
2: <laughs> this is all come by out out like, that's what? right <laughs> well
1: thank you again so much for joining us today i've i've learned a lot from both of you so i appreciate you being here and that r- wraps up this episode of tinker talks for more information on afmc connect visit afmc.af.mil and click on the resiliency tab For information on Tinker Air Force Base, visit our website at tinker.af.mil or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base and on Twitter at Team Tinker.